Welcome to an exciting new episode of Flavor House. This is your host, Roland Grams, tuning in through the ether, hoping that all people have a good day. Now, here's the forecast for the next couple of months. If you are weighing on when is he going to do another episode? I've been waiting a little bit, trying to get used to it. I kind of got used to him talking about nonsense. What happened? Rogan Grams fell off. Thought he wasn't going to do any more episodes. I was like, well, I am going to do more episodes. This is another episode of Flavor House. I would like to thank our Candidate Strand of the Day which is brought to you by Aspen Valley, Aspen Valley, which is a uh, CBD company. It's a good company. It's a good uh, flavor. I don't like. It's not like uh, the best out of the box. The box, you can't really smell the uh, terpenes from it. You can't really smell any of the. Uh, natural flavors of the cannabis but you can still taste it when you you smoke it it's still that same taste and texture of cannabis which is very good it still gives you the same effects as any other cbd strand delta eight strand on the market today it was uh i liked it it was pretty decent i'm over but right now i'm over here it has the same uh same levels as uh, THC and CBD as most strands. It's uh, greater, greater than 10% CBD, less than 0.3% THC. So you still get that little high effect without feeling the psychedelic rush in it as most people would in other strands. It's, and which brings me to Charlotte's Web, actually. If anybody know, if anybody who ever smoked weed before and ever studied uh, the culture of cannabis know Charlotte's Web is not just a famous book in the uh, early 1900s, but also a uh, strand of CBD uh, dominant cannabis. And it reminds what brings me to this strand and what reminds me of this strand is actually this spider that I'm actually looking at right now, living in front of my house. It's a pretty cool spider. I'm not one to affect spiders as long as they're not messing with me. I'm not messing with them. Usually as long as they're not in my house, I'm all right with wherever they live. And I don't like really affecting the ecosystem as a whole. And the spider is the one of the greatest eco, eco-friendliest animals in the, in the whole uh, animal kingdom. This and this spider, I don't know what species of spider it is, but it's been there for a minute. I thought it went away because I seen its web gone, but. It's still here, it's doing the same old spider stuff that it normally does. It's actually weaving its web as we speak, which reminds me of Charlotte's 
Charlotte's Web, the famous cannabis strand uh, inspired by a young girl, girl with a, I don't know what uh, symptoms she had, but she, she had these convulsions that left her in a comatose state. And a spider reminds me of, like, and the strand actually saved her life. So yeah, I'm just chilling, smoking a swisher, looking at the spider, web is what, weave is web. Which reminds me of a way to stay healthy. And all of this, uh, all, all of life. You always want to stay your healthiest and your top. If you ever want to know more about Charlotte's Web, you can always, one, read the book. That's a joke. It's, yeah, it's a good book, though. And two, look up Charlotte's Web and the story behind Charlotte's Web. The cannabis strain, the CBD dominant cannabis strain, which I think is one of the, in, one of the stories that inspired them to legalize the CBD, legalized CBD in all its forms in all in the whole United States. I'm pretty sure it's legal in all, all states. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty glad for that uh, big ass footstep. You know what they say, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That's definitely was a, uh, small step for man. Now we just need the giant leap, which is to legalize cannabis in all its forms. And a spider continues to weave its web. I'm just mesmerized by how the how a spider is always working. Even when it's just standing still on its web, it's always working because it doesn't know when its next meal is gonna come. Which reminds me of the neighborhood I live in right now in uh, downtown Killeen. It's a, it's a nice quaint little neighborhood. It's not bad. The only thing bad is you get like a couple gunshots every, you hear a couple gunshots every like two weeks, which for the most part isn't terrible, but it's still something that should be, you know, Shouldn't be tolerated. But hey, you gotta, you gotta live where you gotta live. I'm glad I have the opportunity to have a house. Well, have an apartment. I'm glad I have an apartment. I'm glad I'm able to sustain my apartment. I'm glad I'm able to make enough money to where I'm, li- I'm living somewhat comfortable. I'm not thriving yet, but I'm I'm still alive. You know how that goes. Which is a great song, Soldier of Love. Bound. Anyway, strength, strength of the day was a good strand. But back to this, uh, trying to, get to stray away from politics, because I've been talking a lot about politics, and it feels like it's falling on deaf ears, as well as not having the uh, 
right amount of information that I would like. Hold up. So, uh, sorry about the hiccup. Got to spider. As it weaves, it's beautiful yet menacing web. The spider is aware of all its surroundings, almost at all, almost at once. It's, it's if the spider's web is the world, and the spider itself is the traveler in that world. Which reminds me of how I used to have the book written in a past life, where the traveler was a class, but then I changed the class because the traveler is pretty much a grower. It's the mixture of these classes. I would say a subclass. I wanna, I wanna continue writing the book, finish it, write a book about subclasses of the world and how those subclasses travel, finish that, and then continue on other things. I realized after doing research on, my, on how I was gonna write this book around philosophy, and how different philosophers interpreted interpret life. And I came across, what is it, Kekizard, Kekizard, Soen Kekizard, who, and uh, Nietzsche. And both of them had great opinions on like very, very founded philosophical opinions on life. And I realized how much they were similar to mine, almost as if it was, if the, uh, if the, if this type of philosophy was founded a long time ago, and you realize that we, we do have, we do live in a world where we live our lives over and over. Some people don't know it. Other people prefer to keep it as a, just a thought in their mind, which works too, actually. It works better if you, the less you know about the world and how it works, because then you only worrying about bettering yourself in that moment. And you're not worrying about your past mistakes because your past mistakes are just that in the past. So they will always stay in the past. And you can always solve those issues or the moral conundrums faster that way, as if they are just passing decisions instead of things that already happened to you. I realize that about myself. I'm not I don't focus on whether that past decision was a choice. It feels like it's never a choice, but as long as we have these choices, most people would choose to choose to suffer on choose to suffer then then have that choice to suffer if that makes sense because if you choose to suffer then you making that choice a uh, 
the, the you're making that a choice. But if you if you just suffering because it's a natural way of life, then you make less mistakes because you know why you're suffering. But if you choose to suffer, you making the quintessential choice to to continue that suffering, as if you are living in that lower lower level, lower class, lower lower rank, and it makes your life a lot harder. Unlike the spider, who weaves its web, knowing that it knowing that it might get knocked down, but also knowing that it might catch itself a bountiful harvest of insects. So when it's finished creating this beautiful tapestry that is nature's natural tapestry, it waits along the thread silently, softly, without making a noise, knowing that its time will come to where it will one day land a fly or another insect or something that's something else that is very like might be, might even be bigger than it is that way it can suck the essence from the insect which reminds me a lot of life it feels like someone else has to suffer for your life to be better but in reality it's just the it just time it just how time works for the spider that suffering is just an everyday everyday notion of life but for other for other people it just becomes a unneeded nuisance I feel like the spider has mastered that nuisance and I see that it stopped moving. So it's obviously finished with weaving the web that it has woven. No concern over whether someone's gonna knock it down or not, but only concerning about what insect is gonna fall, fall victim to a flight pattern that was predestined for them to where the spider can eventually wrap its uh, thread around that unsuspecting victim. Which is, which is a lot like life. People, if you go to a store, you can think of the cashier as the spider. You pay on, you pay on the fee of flies as it is as a currency, and after you pay and pay for the currency, you they wrap it up in this web, which is the cat, the cash register, and take that to uh, take that to thrive on and make better use of its time. Spider is definitely a wonderful insect for nature. It keeps the insect population low. 
enough where you can enjoy the world. Without the spider, I think there'll be a lot more insects around this, around at least around this area. They say there's a spider every 10, 10 feet or there's enough spiders to where, enough spiders in the world where there's a spider every 10 feet. I think that's an estimation, but I'm kind of glad that this spider is right here, keeping the gnats, flies, and all that stuff safely away from me without making it a concern or anything. And some people may call that a pest or a, uh, or a problem. And some people may see that as an infestation problem. But in reality, what's good for some isn't good for others. And what's good for others is great for some. And if I can think of the word, what is it? Uh, when you take the uh, what benefits others in a larger scale like the greater the greater good it's a cause for greater good some people might suffer on the way but some people will will understand that suffering and move on and try to build i guess in the frameworks of a carpenter or mason build stairs of concrete or wood in order to allow it for easier, or even a ramp to allow for easier trans, uh, transient through for people who are less fortunate or ha don't have the meat, don't have the right means as others should. But yeah, life goes on for the spider, just like life goes on for us. Oh. Life isn't bad, but it can definitely, slowly but surely, we all get better. We get better with the time we have. We get better with the time we consider a bigger options, understanding how nature plays a part, as intricate as how people play a part. And you can never not like that. The world keeps moving on, kind of like a bonsai tree. You can wrap the bons, you can wrap the cord, you can wrap the uh, wire around the bonsai. Maneuver the branches the way you want them to be maneuvered. Connect certain branches. Uh, connect certain wire in a way where the bonsai stays firmly into that position as it as it holds that position over time the branches get harder 
and twist easier in that position, allowing for some beautiful works of art in many different ways. Some people, when they use the wire, they like to keep the branches spread for the bonsai to maneuver, and that's how they work the wire. They don't really twist or bend or manipulate the bonsai as a whole. They only sp spread the branches out in order for the tree to grow and blossom in so many intricate designs. And there's so many intricate, there's so many plant species used for bonsais that you can have multiple ways to maneuver them where no bonsai tree is ever the same. And then after a couple of months or even a year, depending on how big the bonsai is or how, how, uh, how long you've been, how long you had the bonsai, you can unwire it slowly, taking away smaller bits of wire, then taking away the larger bits of wire, uncoiling the uh, tree itself. And as you uncoil the tree itself, it turns into a beautiful work of art without the wire connected on it. Some some bonsai masters had considered they would I think they would consider this a debate whether to prune and clip the tree after wiring or before wiring, clip the tree. And even others would consider it a debate as to do everything after un unwinding the wire, clip the tree. And there's different ways to interpret that as a whole. Only talk, only talk to you by master, at masters of their crafts, like all masters of their crafts. I was thinking uh, when I was younger, I wanted to uh, grow can when I wanted to grow cannabis, and I still do. Many times, actually, about wiring the cannabis, not only to allow the plant to grow and make more buds, but to also wire it, wire it where it shapes itself like a bonsai tree. That takes a little longer, and it means the plant will be. Uh, Whole, it would be a whole, and it would be before uh, before you harvest it a little longer. And if you ch try to maneuver it into a bonsai type of plant, it will leave less yield at the end of the day, but it will make the plant look more uh, more of a mo mosaic, as you will. Which is something about a, uh, which is something about the cannabis plant as a whole. Most people see the cannabis plant as they would see corn, as they would see barley, as they would see wheat, where once it once it's fully blossoms, it is time to harvest. Some people wait a couple more weeks just to allow for the plant to completely uh, sap away all the nutrients and then allow the plant to uh, 
dry a little and then clip it to cure it for later and leave it drying for a lot long for a lot shorter periods after they after the harvest is done and then they can dry trim dry trim is always the best the best thing to do for a plant i think uh mostly because that's the way i did it when i used to work for the cannabis company is dry trim and the reason why i prefer it that way is because it allows the plant to look better on the final final uh, blossom. Some people like to have it when the uh, plant is juicy and fat, take out all the extra leaves, take out all the extra bits, and then let it dry that way. But to some, it would they want to uh, cut it off the stem and then do it that way. Instead, you can also keep the leaves on there, cut off the leaves, let it dry like that but it will always, I don't know, I, I, once I start growing plants, I'll tell you more. Once, once life grows, really, I'll tell you more. feel like I gave away all my secrets to, uh, to this podcast, really, and now I have nothing to really show for it. No real uh, permanent following that allows for these conversations to go dot go down deep rabbit holes. One day I'll have that back. Whether it's this this interval or the next interval, whether it's a couple years down the line, where this interval expands itself and grows. Maybe I'm just at this point where the seeds I'm planting are pushed back as well as the years that were pushed back. I believe two years, to say the least, around two or four years, uh, everything kind of sped up for everyone else. So everything became centered around uh, just everything, like COVID. No one really, when COVID was at its highest, no one was really telling people to stay healthy. They was always telling them to stay separate from each other, quarantine, but no one was saying, wash your hands, no, wash your hands, make sure you clean yourself before you go out to the world. It was always stay separate from each other and people just naturally gravitated to, okay, we're supposed to stay cleaner. We're supposed to stay healthier because that's pretty much what thrive off diseases as in its own. So people naturally grew to it because people are naturally smart. People naturally don't need the rules of man to follow. They automatically know due to education period that it, these are just the natural things you do. But sometimes you need those those uh, clandestines or understandings to uh, be taught just to know, just to let everybody know that someone's out there actually trying. Which kind of left, which kind of left that four, that four year gap in my life. Instead of being a canvas 
for me to grow and uh, watch as the strokes of my voice, the strokes of my thoughts, and the strokes of this podcast uh, creatively blossom. I pretty much left am left alone in hopes that someday I have uh, the same knowledge I had on my podcast before channel to future episodes of my podcast. Now, I'm going to tell you another story about a meeting I had in my past life where I was talking about doing I was talking about coming back next time and having a conversation with groups of individuals earlier but I think because of two two it was two lifetimes I don't know if it was two lifetimes ago but it was two lifetimes to where they where I did it it worked my channel grew into something better I told them the same thing but in a different way so people understood it differently and it also grew my podcast better and then all of a sudden it reached that plateau and then sunk back down to where I had to do it on my own. And that's what made the intervals harder. And it sucks because you don't remember the inter- you don't remember everything that you need to remember because I guess once I got past that threshold, past that under like undeniable portal it just became a harder fact of life, a harder fact to get to. And it's like going into that deep zone. It's like going into the depths of, like if someone's exercising, it's like going into the mountains and trying to push past the uh, furthest, your furthest point of endurance, push past that wall what do they call that wall when you uh, when you can't push yourself any further? Like when you hit a wall and you kind of slow down, everything becomes sluggish. But then once you can get past that wall, you get your second win, and that second win pushes you forward. And that push forward is what propels you forward into life, into everything, especially into exercise. That's the uh, that's the wall I'm trying to push back past now. Which reminds me, I do need to work out a lot more. As people who push their bodies, like David Goggins, past the point of exhaustion. There's people who work hard to keep their bodies maintained for the most strenuous course of actions in life, like Navy SEALs, special operations units in the Army, and other other uh, branches as well, the parachuters, paratroopers in uh, Air Force, or as the spe- special operations in the Army like to call them, the weathermen. But uh, 
at a point when I get to the point where my life becomes tolerable for others, I think my podcast will grow in its own natural state. It will be easier to grow in its natural understanding. And life will just be easier as a whole. Which reminds me bringing ourselves back to the spider. As it still waits for prey. Hot yoga is a motherfucker. But thanks for joining us for uh, a small episode, but a beautiful one of Flavor House. I'm glad y'all are here. And glad y'all enjoyed this episode of Flavor House. This is your host, Roland Grams, telling you to have, well, keep on doing what you're doing. Or do something else. <laughs>